to Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fright Hour, your source for the straight poop on all things supernatural. We're your hosts. My name is Chris Anderson, but if you went to high school with me, you can call me Shibby. And I'm Ethan Sereski, and I'm feeling good. Da-da, 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 da-da. So, was that Nina Simone? Yes. Beautiful. I could tell. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, apparently. <laughs> uh, so, uh, this week, uh, we got a fresh new monster for you. Uh, we hope that you're as excited as we are. Uh, Ethan, why don't you hit him up with the premise? Well, like all weeks on Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Friday Hour, one of us, Shibble this week, has done extensive research on a ghost, ghoul, goblin, witch, or demon Something to that effect. And this mm-hmm. week, it is Geth, is it pronounced? It's actually pronounced Jeff. No, it's not. It is. Oi. This that... week, the episode is about Jeff. Oi, that ruins all, uh, ruins everything. Okay. And the mm-hmm. other one of us, me, has done absolutely no research. I've just been smoking weed and watching movies this week and buying graded VHS tapes. So what Shibble's going to do is explain the monster to me. I am going to be the audience surrogate, ask the questions you want to know the answers to, and figure out all about this. I'm going to call it Geth, because I I, I just can't accept that it's Jeff. No, it is spelled G-E-F, and when I say to you, Jeff, or Geth, because you don't know what it is, in your mind's eye, what do you picture? Well, I, I certainly, when you texted it to me, thought Geth, because, you know, obviously. You and by the way, it was just Jeff. my brother's middle name is G-E-O-F-F-R, that kind of Jeffrey, like mm. the, the go-free kind. I, it's it's weird. Yeah, like the, the old British Joffrey? The, yeah, he's a Joffrey. Kevin's a Joffrey. My brother Kevin is totally a Joffrey. And he, he was such a Joffrey growing up. Okay. So what I think Geff is. So theory number one, Shibby. I have to admit something nerdy, Shibble. I play this cell phone RPG game called Empires and Puzzles. Sounds really fun. I'm in an alliance, and my name is the Night King. I like it. Night King with a with two Ks, or Night like Nighttime King. Uh, a Night like Nighttime King, and it was right after Game of Thrones. So forgive me. No, yeah, it's okay. But Geth is a character in the game, and I don't have her because I'm free to play, and all the pay-to-play people get the good characters. Yeah. My best character is Devana, and co- costumed Aslar. <laughs> Sounds great. But anyway, in the game, Geth is And if like you want to sponsor us, uh, Empires Puzzles. And puzzle, Empires and Puzzles. Empires and Puzzles. You can reach us at uh, UncleMonsterPodcast at gmail.com. Yes. Anyway, in the game, Geff's like a deity. So maybe that's what it is. Uh, Geff is from the Isle of Man. Shibble did not... She, he, he told me that. So a, yes. de- a deity cryptid from the Isle of Man is theory number one. All right. And we the reason why you are correct about Isle of Man, and I chose it because we have one listener from Isle of Man. So this one's for you, listener from Isle of Man. I hope you like it. <laughs> I like you, listener from Isle of Man. Thank you. You should probably tell your friends about it. You've done a terrible job spreading the word. <laughs> about as good as any of our other international listeners. <laughs> Theory number two. 
Uh, I thought maybe I was reading it incorrectly, and it could be Jeff. So I thought it could be Jeff Benedetti, my best friend from kindergarten, uh, who wouldn't answer my really sweet LinkedIn message where I was like, oh, we should reconnect. Uh, Jeff used to throw up on the bus, and we all used to have to put our feet up in the seats because every time the best bus sped up or slowed down, the vomit would move back and forth past your seat. Oof. Boy, Jeff, get it together, man. I hope that's not a problem anymore. I could see why you wouldn't respond to Ethan's LinkedIn. <laughs> Busy vomiting on public buses. Uh, theory number three, uh, Geff is a mustachioed postman from Kansas who drives his delivery van to suburban neighborhoods and peeps in the windows of women, but only amputees trying on new prostheses that fit, but not just right. No, once again, you're thinking of me. Oh. The most perverted postal worker on the planet Earth. I'm sorry. Theory number three is always a tough one for me. It's all um, right. That's why I'd like to keep it to one myself. Last theory. It's a comedy jam. GEF comedy jam thrown by the GEF, or Global Environmental Facility, which is a real independent climate change watchdog institution. I checked. And every time a comedian sucks, he goes, is it me or is it getting hot in here? oh i love it and then he wins the crowd back obviously yeah so did i did i guess what jeff is no it's not jeff benedetti it's not jeff benedetti i did not do an episode about your uh kindergarten friend jeff oh that would have been so freaky if you did if you had like gotten in touch with oh that would have been really a mind fuck for me and in the and in the years since then he's become a cryptid (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well shibble i mean is there any way you could somehow explain this gift to me uh yes i can explain jeff to you in the form of narrative fiction oh because well, it's story time it's story time story time story time with uncle monster story time it's story time it's story time it's story time with uncle monster story time, story time. A bright flash of light. A splash of hot vomit across your muscled chest. (laughs) You gotta get those eggheads back in the future and tell them they need to adjust the chrono cannon. Oh no. It's still making you puke and destroying all your clothes. (laughs) This isn't the first time you found yourself nude and covered in your own sick. And it won't be the last. After all, you're Bark Hammersmith, the world's toughest time traveler. Luckily, you're on the beach, so you can wash off. Surveying the coastline, you recognize that you're on the Isle of Man. At least those dang eggheads got that much right. Those eggheads. (laughs) You steal some clothes off a clothesline and some cash from a church's poor box. What? In the future, they figured out that God isn't real, so this is fine. You decide to pop into the local watering hole to get the lay of the land. A mug of 20th century beer sounds pretty good, too. As in the future, all beer has negative calories and tastes like corn. (laughs) Foster my, the publican says, as you belly up to the bar at the Smiling Fish Tavern. You recognize this as the traditional Manx greeting and return it. Faster my. You order yourself a tall, cold one. You an American? 
What brings you to our fair isle, then? I'm headed to Dalby. Is it far from here? Ah, Dalby, is it? Then I'd wager you're a reporter here looking for the Dalby spook. Oh, we had a, quite a few of your compatriots here, oh, three, four years ago. All from Britain, writing about our wee spook. Suppose the word took a little longer to reach the States. Panic struck as you wondered if these eggheads screwed up again. Those darn eggheads might have dropped you off too late to find your target. Years ago, huh? Is it still here? Is the spook still in Dalby? You ask nervously. Aye, aye. So they say. Just head up to the Irving's Farms in Cation's Gap. I'm sure they can arrange an introduction. <laughs> you pay the man and start hoofing it to Dalby. Friendly locals port you towards Cashin's Gap, where you'll find the farm that's home of the Dalby spook. The sun sets. Now you're in full commando mode as you approach the farmhouse in a crouched stance. You see a family of three sitting by a fireplace. They seem to be occasionally addressing a fourth speaker, but you only ever see the three of them. They soon wander off to their primitive beds. In the future, you sleep in a pod for five minutes every night. Once the lights are out, you make your move. They keep their doors unlocked out here in the sticks, so you waltz right in. Hey! Who are you? A high-pitched voice squeaks. It almost sounds like it's coming from within the walls. My name is Bark Hammersmith, and I have a message for the Dalby Spook. Call me Jeff. What? Okay. I have a message for you, Jeff. Well, it's too late for visitors, Bark. Take your message and return tomorrow at a more civilized hour. Jeff, I've come a long way. The furniture begins to rattle. Shelves shake on their walls. There's a palpable sense of anger in the air. Then, a small yellow mongoose emerges from the crawl space. What? It stands on its hind legs and puts its hands on its hips. Mr. Hammersmith, I am not accustomed to repeating myself, the rodent says, looking you dead in the eye. If you continue to try my patience, you'll learn why I'm called the Alpha and the Omega, and that my power is both terrible and beautiful. Just then, there's a blast from behind you. You turn around, and the patriarch of the family has a shotgun cocked and pointed at your chest. Boysenberries, you say. <laughs> this is the code word for the eggheads monitoring you on the chronoscope to pull you back. You disappear in a bright flash in a whirlwind of exploding clothes. You regret that you'll have to tell your superiors that you failed in your mission. You did not get to give your message to Jeff the Talking Mongoose. You did not get to warn him. What? The end. <laughs> that was amazing. That was That's, amazing, Shivel. Thank you. I love that story. That's Jeff the Talking Mongoose. That's who we're talking about this week. You found a cryptid that was a mongoose that spoke 
in that accent mm-hmm. and was sassy and and yep. a poltergeist? Yes. All of those things are accurate descriptions of oh, Jeff the and talking they, Yeah, and it's named Jeff. And its name is Jeff. And it's female. Uh, no, Jeff is a, a dude. He just has a high-pitched voice. Oh, okay. Yes, uh, Jeff is a talking mongoose that lived outside a small town called Dobby <coughs> on the Isle of Man in the 1930s. Oh, he was just a normal talking mongoose? And then what happened to turn him into a cryptid? Oh, well, there, there's more to it than that. Uh, he's also <laughs> known as uh, the talking mongoose or the Dobby spook. He's about the size of a small rat with yellow fur and bushy tail. Although sometimes he did appear in the form of a cat, so he might be some sort of shapeshifter. But he just really likes to appear in the form of a I mongoose. think that's like his natural resting form. Mongoose? Yeah. So there must be... Oh, you know why? Are there a lot of snakes on the Isle of Man? Uh, I don't think so. Well, you did a, an Australian accent. And there are a lot of snakes in Australia. It's true. There are a lot of Australian uh, snakes. Top five deadly snakes all in Australia. So yeah, so it's probably good to be a mongoose. Oh, yeah, I bet they love it there. Because they, Jeff... they can fight snakes really well, right? Oh, yeah, mongoose love mongooses. They love fighting snakes, especially uh, Jeff was originally claimed to have born in New Delhi, India, <laughs> on June 7th, 1852. <laughs> so he's at least parents? uh no no uh but he was uh 80 years old when he was uh, uh started making introductions in uh the isle of man i have a question yes sir who were his parents uh their names have been lost to history and indeed even if we don't have any record of him being born uh or his childhood so it's tough to say maybe uh he was uh just created through magic? No, you said he was born and gave me a birth. It's true. Well, well, his birth might have been a magical creation. No, I think he had human parents. All right. Why do you think his parents were other talking mongoose? Because why would we have a birth date for... Why would talking magic mongoose give us the birth date of their child? I don't know. Why would a human give birth to a mongoose? We have, well, we have the birth date, so obviously it was reported, and only humans report birth dates. I mean, only humans normally talk. I think Jeff is making a lot of exceptions here. Yeah, but if we're accepting that he's a talking mongoose, you know, we're giving him that. You know, I mean, his parentage yeah. is a different And he subject. knows his birthday. He, he remembers, and every year he celebrates. He remembers his, okay, he remembers his birthday. Good. Well, mongoose, they uh, mature a lot faster than humans. That's a good point. Just like girls mature a lot faster than boys, and I'm sure Jeff was always talking about it to the other guys. Remember when girls were taller than us? Remember, like, in sixth grade, and they were, like, super tall and, like, way more mature? Yeah, yeah. I danced with with Jen McCarsky at the sixth grade dance, and she was a foot taller than me. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, yeah, and I wanted to put my hand on her butt, but I was too scared. Yeah, you probably made the right call. Yeah, I You did. were probably right to be too scared to do that. Yeah, yeah, I, but it, the thought passed my mind. Oh, yeah, as it would. Uh, so, yeah, he first made himself known to the world by introducing him to a family called the Irvings, <laughs> who lived on a farm in Cashin's Gap, just outside of Dalby. Uh, there were James, Margaret, and Vyrie Irving. 
uh, Vyrie being the daughter. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. It's spelled V-O-I-R-R-E-Y. V-O-I-R-R-E-Y. Yes. Vyrie. I don't know. It sounds good to me. Yeah. Uh, But they befriended Jeff, the talking mongoose, in exchange for (laughs) treats like biscuits or chocolate. Jeff would uh, catch mice, wake them up if they overslept, uh, and alert them to uh, guests coming uh, to the farm or stray dogs that have wandered onto the territory. Stuff like that. Like a pet? Uh, sort of. Like a, like a dog would, except it could talk. And was a weasel. And his name is Jeff. <laughs> and you wouldn't want to give a pet chocolate. But Jeff you could give chocolate to. That's right. You can't give, like Hendrix, I couldn't give chocolate to, but if he was a talking mongoose, I would be much more likely to give him chocolate. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> now, let me ask you. Great point. <laughs> do you have, uh, do you have any Isle of Man facts? Do you have any facts for us this I, week? You know like what? Fact break. Um, Isle of Man, to me, uh, we do a lot of, you know, uh, geography and learn about that stuff, but that's, that's boring. So I did man facts. Oh, just facts about men. Yeah, so we could learn All about right. our, we could learn about ourselves, and we could teach women a little bit about us. Yeah, and let's get special guest Adam Carolla on here. Oh, stop Adam it. Carolla been waiting in the wings this whole time. Do never compare me to that douche. Men facts. Men have bigger brains than ladies. That's my Adam Carolla. Nailed it. Okay, man fact number one. Male babies can get erections in the womb. From 16 weeks old, fetuses have been observed with brief protuberances. The Los Angeles Times reported that periodic movements are necessary to help the penile tissue stay oxygenated and healthy. That's fair. You want to keep that unborn baby's penis healthy. Yeah, well, you want to keep every part of a baby healthy. Absolutely. So every now and then, just... Hold some pornography up to your belly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's tough to know what your baby's tastes are, so just whatever. You know what? Go with compilation. Yeah, just get uh, just a bunch of different stuff. Mix it up. Expose your baby to all sorts of things. Or just, you know, like plug it into the computer and put the earphones up to your pregnant belly and let them hear the moaning. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever wondered why men have nipples, Chips? Uh, for fun? No. Nipples develop in the womb before the embryo becomes distinctly male or female. Oh, okay. Men also have mammary glands and can produce milk, but it generally only occurs when something is wrong. It's true. And men can also get breast cancer, fellas, so watch out for that. That's true. Always be aware, and when you're in the shower, squeeze your breasts or your pectorals. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. And your testicles. Check those, too. Yes. I had a bump on my testicle when I lived in L.A., and um, I had to go, and uh, my girlfriend at the time brought me, and she was crying, and really, because it, like it was like a thing. Mm. And it was just a hydra seal. Okay. Well, still, something better to get that checked out and taken care of. Yeah, guys, get it checked out. Man fact number three. Men also have a G-spot. This mm-hmm. I'm, I'm skeptical of this, Shibble. What? Give me the details. This is in fact, so you can't be that skeptical of it. Men's, yeah, exactly. Well, I'm skeptical as facts. That's my Adam Carolla. <laughs> uh, men's prostate 
is uh, considered by many doctors and health experts to be the male equivalent of a G-spot. Allegedly, the outcome of rousing the prostate G-spot is a much more intense orgasm. Hey, have fun. Yeah, yeah. Go to town. Yeah, it's your body. Have fun. God be, bless. Be careful, though, because that sounds dangerous. I mean, as long as you're with a partner and you're having good communication and obviously you want to make sure you've got some lubrication around. Oh, Jesus Christ. Then have a good time. God bless. Yeah, be careful. So back to Jeff. Uh, so eventually, and then around 1932, uh, the media found out about Jeff. <laughs> After he'd been living with different human families for centuries? No, no. I mean, he was at that point. He was only eighty years old. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, but he had been living with the Irvings for a little while. Uh, and then, in can you imitate him he, answering the door and telling them there's a guest? Uh, I'm sorry. What? Can you imitate him telling the family there's a guest? Uh, uh, James, Margaret, there appears to be a gaggle of reporters heading up the road. <laughs> Perhaps they've heard of your wee friend, Jeff. <laughs> okay, thank you. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, in 1932, Jeff was his first appearance in the mainland press. A staff writer for the Daily Dispatch out of Manchester wrote, Had I heard a weasel speak? I do not know. <laughs> but I do know that I have heard today a voice which I should never imagine could issue from a human throat. That the people who claim it was the voice of the strange weasel seem sane honest and responsible folk and not unlikely to indulge in difficult long drawn out and unprofitable practical jokes to make themselves the talk of the world and that others have had the same experience as myself so you believe this man uh this man accusing reporter believes it uh let's see he uh, sounds eventually, convinced let's see before then uh many locals had reported hearing jeff speak but very few of them had reported seeing him. He was known to travel to market with the Irvings, <laughs> but would hide in the shadows, shadows, but would still speak to the Irvings and carry on conversations with them. He went to the store with them? Yeah, well, to uh, I think it would be more like a farmer's market. I know, but, in, you know, yeah. I'm just shortening it up. I mean, he, yeah. they went grocery shopping together. Yeah, they'd bring Jeff. Jeff would come along. Can you, can you show me how it would sound if he was suggesting cereals? Well, I don't think we should be getting lucky charms. Cause <laughs> I feel like that's more of an Irish thing. Do they have any Manx cereals here? <laughs> uh, perhaps uh, Cheerios, that sounds way too English. <laughs> uh, so uh, the press attention brought in researchers to the supernatural. Uh, in July 1935, Richard Lambert and Harry Price came to investigate uh, firsthand and the next year published a book called the haunting of cashin's gap uh, they sent plaster casts of paw prints and hair samples to be analyzed but were unable to come to any definitive conclusions <laughs> i'm sure <laughs> uh, would it be funny if they were able to come to definitive conclusions well uh their, their book at the end they did not decide whether or not there was Jeff a talking mongoose. Does uh, Jeff have any powers? 
Uh, he has uh, psychokinesis. Right, poltergeist, but... Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but he stated... And it's funny, uh, Jeff also seems to, uh, like... He's a little bit mischievous. Uh, I've got here a bunch of Jeff quotes. Uh, and what I'd like to do is... I'd like to read you the quotes from Jeff. Yeah. Because this is our only cryptid for whom we have direct quotations from. Yeah, it's amazing. That's I love something this. we've never had before. Well, we had one from the Goat Man, but we didn't read it. The one about the, you know, mm. the assaults. No, yeah. Instead, we've got uh, oh, the one that was like, a, oh, Moira, come out to the trestle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nothing yeah. dangerous over here on the railway. Yeah, but this is these are straight from the mongoose's mouth. So uh, what I'd like to do is, is I'd like to, to read these quotes to you, these notable Jeff quotes, to give you a little bit more of an idea of what Jeff was like. I would love to. Can, can you give me, like, um, the subject of the quote and then read it? Sure. Um, um, like Jeff uh, on politics. Jeff on violence. You don't know what damage I could do if I were roused. I could kill you all, but I won't. See, I think Jeff is like a trickster god. I think Could he, be. he said, I am the Alpha and Omega. Yeah, the, that was, I tried to do a quote in the, the style of his speech, because he's prone to grand proclamations. Uh, like this one, Jeff on his magnificence. <laughs> I'll split the atom. I am the fifth dimension. I am the eighth wonder of the world. When the moon is in the seventh, house, in the seventh house and Jupiter aligns with Mars. He's the fifth dimension? Are you serious? He said He's that? He's the fifth dimension, yes. Uh, Jeff, here's more. Uh, I am the Alpha Jeff and Omega. <laughs> on his horrible nature. Uh, I am a freak. I have hands and I have feet. And if you saw me, you'd faint. You'd be petrified, mummified, turned to stone or a pillar of salt. It's very J.K. Rowling. It is. But here's Jeff keeping it real. Maybe, maybe this is the real Jeff. I am not a spirit. I am just a little extra clever mongoose. So maybe he's just a genetically mutated mongoose? Maybe, maybe, With or a long lifespan. Maybe uh, uh, this Jeff on the supernatural. I am the ghost in the form of a weasel, and I shall haunt you. Well, that's pretty cut and dry. And here's uh, Jeff on the state of the Irving's farmhouse. <laughs> it's messy. <laughs> I have been to nicer homes than this: <laughs> carpets, piano. Satin covers on polished tables. I'm going back there. Ha ha ha! What a dickhead. Yeah, yeah, he could be a little rude. But he was a, a mongoose. So. I think he's I think he's much more powerful than we think. I think he's certainly possible. Uh because yeah, like he does have these psychokinetic powers. I think I think he's magical. I think he's like like a like a demigod. Yeah. I think he could be some sort of god of mongooses. I think of... I, I don't even think he's of this world. 
like you think he might be uh, from another dimension? Yes. Okay. That's possible. Dimensional alien. D- dimensional demigod. Dimensional demigod. Uh, well, uh, so Jeff's sanctum at the Irving's farm. Uh, you wait, do you want facts it. or you want to keep going with Jeff? Uh, no, give me a fax. Let's break it up. Give me some man The word boy has been in recorded use since A.D. 1154 as a descriptive term for a male child. The mm-hmm. exact etymology of the word is unclear, but it is believed to have descended from the Anglo-Saxon word boya, meaning servant or farm worker. All right, and obviously perfected by Angus Scrim in the <laughs> Phantasm franchise. And, and what would he say? Boy! <laughs> he really did perfect it. Approximately 50%... Uh, <laughs> well done. Approximately 56% of boy babies born in the U.S. are circumcised at birth. That's my grandma <laughs> calling. Representing a decline of 20% since 1950. Interesting. Worldwide, approximately one-third of men have been circumcised. That reminds me, I've heard about this one form of uh, ritual circumcision oh. that uh, is basically just piercing the foreskin with a stick. Okay. And then pulling the head of the penis through the hole. Uh, so that's, that's part of the cultural tradition of, of circumcision. It feels complicated to me. Where do you fall on circumcision? Do you think he should do it or no? Uh, I don't think so. But, like, I was circumcised, and it's not like I feel like it fucked up my life. But it does seem weird to me to go around cutting up a baby's dick. Yeah, I, I'm for it. Just for, I, I think it's, I think the the hygiene issues. No, the, the cleanliness argument is compelling, but I... I don't know. I feel like with modern cleaning techniques, that's something we could work around. I've got enough. I don't to know clean if we need already. to be cutting up dicks in order to get people clean. Listen, the less to clean, the better. I say. Uh, Fair boy- enough. Yeah, just cut off all my skin. Yeah, boys are <laughs> boys are three to. Four. I cut off all my. I, I usually shave my head to alleviate that problem of of washing my hair. I do the same thing. So I mean, it's basically the same measure. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, that's why I go to the barber and I just say cut off a little bit of my dick. (laughs) Boys are three just an inch off the top. Boys are three to four times more likely to be diagnosed with autistic spectrum disorder than girls. Mm. Well, experts. I wonder if that's something physiological or if that's a diagnosis bias. While experts do not yet have a solid answer for the obvious gender discrepancy, some believe that girls with mild autism may be better able to mask their symptoms and thus go undiagnosed. Could be. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get well, back to this incredibly interesting cryptid, this this maybe dimensional demigod, this definite talking weasel, uh, yeah. this uh, insane... Uh, direct quoting cryptid Jeff. Yes. So Jeff Jeff's sanctum, uh, as he called it, was located above Vwari's room at the farmhouse. And because he was always making such a ruckus, running around in the walls and, and chatting up a storm, they wanted to move her bed into their bedroom. Uh, 
what but Jeff felt a close kinship with Vari and said, I'll follow her wherever you move her. So uh, he was also stalking a teenage girl at one point. Yeah, apparently. Uh, now, in the 40s, James Irving, uh, the patriarch of the family, passed away, uh, widowing Margaret and uh, leaving... Wait, can I ask you something? Is he yeah. like a not scary demon infestation? Yeah, I mean, it could be. Like, what's the difference between, like, a demon movie haunted house like Conjuring or Insidious and Jeff, except that Jeff's not scary looking and, 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 and his affect is not scary? Yeah, he's not violent. Yeah, he's following them around, he's, he's touching them, he's talking to them, he's whispering, he's in the walls. It's the same shit. Yeah, it is pretty much the same shit. So imagine if, yeah, you're going to go see Jeff the Talking Mongoose in the movie third act maybe there's a twist maybe it turns out to be evil who can say uh but i don't have any record of him ever being evil really nothing but uh nope uh except so, the stalking the teenage girl is semi-evil yeah it's at very least not respecting her boundaries i feel like uh so in uh yeah james irving died and so the remaining family sold the farm to an actor named Leslie Graham in 1944. An actor? Uh, yes. Anything I've been, I've seen? Uh, I don't know. He might have just been a stage guy. Yeah. Anything I've seen? Probably not. All right. You, you might have. Did you catch him in 38 in his production of My Fair Lady? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I didn't see that. Uh, the next year, Graham claimed to have shot Jeff. <laughs> and had a picture of him with uh, uh, the corpse published. Uh, but this creature was black and white. Vari claimed that that was not Jeff. But that was sort of the end of the Jeff legend. And until uh, 2005, when Vari died, uh, her whole life she claimed this was not a hoax. This was a real deal thing. Jeff was really in the walls of her farmhouse. But that pretty much was he there forever? I mean, did he stay there even after the fake murder of Jeff? Uh, there were no reported Jeff sightings after that. Did Vori keep seeing him? Uh, no, Vori never saw him after she left the farmhouse. So maybe he went away and just continued his own adventures. Maybe Jeff is still out there to this day. I'd like to think so. Yeah, just out there on the Isle of Man. Maybe he left the aisle, but I mean, from what I've read, it sounds like a perfectly charming little place. You probably would never want to leave. Where is it? It's uh, in between England and Ireland. Oh, well, that makes sense with the accent. Yeah. Yeah, the accent, I didn't quite, I wasn't able to do very much research, so I tried to just shove together Irish and Scottish, because Manx is a Gaelic language. I did figure out that much. Yeah. So I figured that would be reasonably close. And I apologize to our one Manx listener if that was offensive. No, the uh, the beginning part where you were doing the actual, Ma where you did the Manx hello. Uh, yeah, that was a good afternoon in Manx. Would you like to, to learn how to say that? I would, but that sounded like that that was closer to the accent. Thank you. That was uh, Faster Mai. Faster Mai. Yeah, F-A-S-T-Y-R space M-I-E. Faster Mai. I think. Well, faster my to our Isle of Man listener. Yes. And uh, why don't we say we, that every show to them? 
yeah, faster my to you, Isle of Man listener. We saw you there, and we thought it's cool that we have a listener in such a small country, and that's a uh, salute to you and your people. And when someone from Liechtenstein starts listening, we'll lose all interest in you. Yeah, yeah. As soon as we get someone in Vatican City yeah. tuning in, you're donezo. Uh, <laughs> you know who I want from Vatican City in particular? Which one? Nah, I don't really care. Any of the Swiss Guard. Yeah, yeah, the Swiss Guard. Oh, if we had a Swiss Guard listener. Oh, my God. Those dudes are so badass. Oh, my God. They're killers, dude. Oh, they... Yeah, they're not going to fuck around. (laughs) Can I tell you something, though? Sure. There's this guy in the UFC, this new guy, Hamzat Chemaev. And I swear to God, unarmed, we're talking. He could probably murder 10 Swiss Guardsmen. If he had to fight 10 of them, he could probably kill all 10. Like these guys are such killers and so good at what they do. I've been watching so much of the UFC lately. They're just mm. so talented. It's stunning at hurting. It's people. true. And it, and it's funny how much that sort of, uh, art and science have come along since they become more popular. Oh, 1993. Yeah. It was, it was a, it was a street. I mean, except for Hoyce Gracie who knew Brazilian jiu-jitsu and, and Ken Shamrock who was a shoot fighter and knew uh, submissions. It was a, it was a street fight, you know? Yeah. Whereas now it really is uh, a science and an art. For oh sure. yeah. It, it is mixed martial. It really is mixed martial arts. And it's, it is artful to watch for all of you listeners who think it's that violent cockfight human cockfight that that McCain used to call it you should really give it a chance because it's it's an incredibly beautiful sport to watch let's go back to Jeff well I was sort of at the end of my Jeff research (laughs) we might as well go on speaking of fighting why don't we do some fight night fight night Okay, Sammy, you ready for fight night? Yes. Okay. Jeff versus prime Shaquille O'Neal. How many prime Shaquille O'Neals is it going to take to take down a talking psychokinetic mongoose? I know who to ask to find out. Who's that? Shaquille O'Neal. I got it in one. In one? Only one of you? I am going to slam dunk that mongoose straight to hell. You think you can murder him just by yourself? I think I could grab him by his head and then just slam him against a windowsill over and over. His body just liquefying inside of his mongoose skin. Shaq, you sound a lot like Shivel today. I do. Oh, there you That's go. That's weird. Yeah, there, there you go. <laughs> All right. Jeff, if she was deaf, versus my old best friend Jeff and The Undertaker from the WWF. Okay, so we've got Jeff versus the guy who would vomit on the bus. Right. And The Undertaker. Right. I'm going to put this one on Jeff and The Undertaker. No, no, Jeff, ver- it's it's... It's the mongoose versus the kid who used to vomit and the Undertaker. Yeah. 
Yeah, the kid who used to vomit and the Undertaker are going to be able to take down Jeff. Really? He's just going to throw up. Yeah, but I think the Undertaker is going to be able to grab Jeff and really wreck him. But he can use his telekinetic powers. His telekinetic powers, near his eye, uh, the reports that I had, they didn't like have things flying across the room. It was more sort of that haunted house rattling stuff. I think you're underestimating Jeff, but that's okay. Ready? I no- think you're underestimating the Undertaker. Number three, I'm not that. That's a big dude. Not that big. They pump up their stats. I know they do, but he's still pretty big. Jeff versus a Jeff of the opposite sex. Okay. So Jeff and Lady Jeff. Yes, Lady Jeff, I prefer. Yes. Um, Boy, I'm going to call that one a draw. Because I don't know enough about Mongoose physiology to determine if there are any huge sexual differences. It was a trick question. It would be a draw. What would the difference be? Yeah, I don't know. See? Yeah, all right. You and I, I, I got your trick. Boom. You did. Very well done. Jeff. Thank you. Number four. Jeff. Versus our two brothers, Kevin and Johan, their wives, and their choice of blades. Oof. Once again, that's four people with whatever edged weapons they want. Yeah. Taking on a talking mongoose. He's a poltergeist and maybe a demigod. Okay. My boy... All right. Johan and let's, Kevin let's are amp not, up his demigod ability. First of all, they're not exactly warriors, Kevin and Johan. It's true. And Megan has some back problems. And Sarah, um, Sarah, I mean, what she uh, well, I she's young. She, you know, she's really active. I mean, she could be a danger. Okay. Jeff versus Nellie Bly. Nellie Bly. All right, now you skip that one. Jeff Versus the main guy from Fist of the North Star. Ooh. Ah, man. I've just been rereading Fist of the North Star. So good. I like it. I just don't remember it. That's the only anime I ever watched and was like, that was awesome. The manga is also very good. Uh, And it's basically, yeah. He is a guy that's trained in martial arts so well that he can punch somebody seven times. And your whole body will explode. Yeah, yeah. come flying off. You'll get completely fucked up. So, yeah, I'm going to put that one on the Fist of the North Star. That dude, he can kick some ass. Okay. I was going to say verse Vladimir. Viz Signature, if you want to uh, sponsor us or just send me some free manga, reach out to us at UncleMonsterPodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, well, what's the company that makes Fist of the North Star? Uh, It's published by Viz. All right, Viz. We are big fans of Viz, Uncle Monster and Viz. Send Chibble some Fist of the North Star. Jeff versus all of Donald Trump's adult progeny mm. after they fall in turtle ooze, except Tiffany Trump, who sides with Jeff. Okay. By turtle ooze, you mean they're turning into mutant turtles? Yes. Well, whatever okay. they would turn into if they got in the Ninja Turtles ooze. Because okay. they don't necessarily turn into turtles. They were, they were turtles. Okay, they were turtles. So they'll turn into they're... bastards of a different de- degree. Okay. So they're now mutants. Right. Of some sort. Some sort of, let's assume, half-animal hybrid. And if, if I remember right, from the animated series, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, let's go with that origin story. 
uh, they become uh, half of whatever animal they interacted with most recently. Oh, is that right? Yes. This is different from the comics and the film. Uh, the comics, uh, they just were uh, got hyper growth. Uh, so, yeah, let's say they're now, they, they, they all seem like dog people. So they're probably all half person, half inbred, purebred dog. Uh, but then you have to factor in that Don Jr. is going to hunt the nearest animals to him so he may take out his own side. It's true. He will instinctively fall back to his horrible, wild game hunting ways. Uh, and But the thing is, they're all going to be falling for Jeff in his trickster aspect. Right. He will be having them chasing their tails, turning them all against each other. Especially if he's got uh, that one sister that's in league with him. Uh, yeah, my money's on Jeff. Jeff and Tiffany? Yeah, Jeff and Tiffany for the win. All right, well, that was Fight Night. Shibble, you have completed all ten, including Nellie Bly, successfully. So, that was pretty crazy. But do you think Jeff can love... A werewolf ain't my dad, but it's not so bad. It might sound crazy, but can it love? Can it give me a kiss? Can it hold my hand? Would it say I love you? Does it understand? Does it know that I've never felt this way before? There's a full moon tonight. So romantic. And this might sound crazy, but can it love? Can it love? <laughs> can Jeff love? I I have no idea. Uh, well, I think I w- he loved Vari. I think he loved the Irvings. No, he didn't love Vari. He was obsessed with Vari. I think he didn't have good boundaries. Ownership is not love. I, he didn't own her. He wanted to own and he wanted to possess her, probably. It's true. I I, I think Jeff could probably use some counseling. But I think he would be with the appropriate uh, uh, medical professional. I think Jeff would be able to love. Uh, Jeff seems like a bit of a narcissist. Okay. You think he might be a persistent narcissist and not amenable to treatment? Maybe. That is a tough, that is a tough subject to treat, as you know. It's a tough nut to crack. That is I said, as you know, like you're a psychologist who treats them. (laughs) As you know, trying to treat them. From my personal and professional experience. Yes, of course. (laughs) Have you ever dated someone who is a narcissist? Uh, I don't think so. I've been lucky in that sense, I don't, uh, but I've known people who have dated narcissists, and it sounds horrible. I don't think I have. So, what do you think that your dream date with Jeff would be? Uh, my, <laughs> it's my, you and a talking weasel. My dream date with Jeff would be him. We would have dinner. We would order. You know what we would do? We would we would be in South Carolina in Charleston. Because mm-hmm. he likes to be around people, so I'd bring him around my family. It's true. 
you know, and my grandma, you know, Boppy would talk to him. They'd be so, my grandma's entertained by stuff like talking weasels and Aunt Roz could talk to him forever. He loves to talk and they love to talk. Then we'd order, order in Melvin's with Uber Eats and, and that's the best barbecue and Jeff would love it. And, uh, he'd probably want to move in there. Um, and that would be. It sounds like you're just trying to set Jeff up with Boppy. Well, I, I don't see, here's the thing. I want our date to end at some point. It seems like his dates don't end until he moves into your house. Fair enough. I want to make I sure. I would take Jeff to make s'mores because I know he loves chocolate. <laughs> Where would you take him? That's I would take him to make s'mores is not a date. Sure it is. We'd go to the beach. Okay, that's a date. And yeah, we'd make s'mores. At night? What are you going to sneak in? No, no. I'd obviously I would talk to the Irvings. I'm going to do everything on the up and up. Would you, you ask? Know, I would never you ask the that father. Would you ask the father for, for permission to take him out? Yeah, I'd say, Mister Irving, I'm come courting. So no, not your teenage daughter. I've got some good news. <laughs> I've come courting the invisible talking weasel that lives in your walls. <laughs> so. We 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 differ on whether Jeff can love, but I have a I have a question. Shoot, can Jeff fuck? That sounds crazy, but can he fuck? Oh man, I'm gonna say yeah. Yeah, I definitely. Bet, I bet this guy loves to do it. I mean, his attitude is like. It's like someone who really wants to have sex and like doesn't get much sex, but if they got a chance, they would have all the sex they could like in a really quick amount of time. It's like that attitude. Like, I'm the Alpha and Omega, you know? Yeah, to me, you know, it's like some people talk about it and some people be about it. Yeah, that's Jeff true. seems like he's he's talking about it. I don't know if he's being about it, but he would if he could. I bet if he got himself laid, he'd probably be a lot more chill. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, well, maybe that's what the problem is. Yeah, maybe he just needs to meet a nice lady mongoose or and human. get it out of his system. Yeah, or, or a non-binary mongoose. Or a teen. Any kind. Yeah. Wait, or a teen mongoose? No, a teen. Like a, No, he should like not be having sex with teens. Uh, I, I, for one, disapprove of interspecies sexual relations. Uh, I know that might Do be controversial. Really? What if I had a girlfriend who was a mermaid? You know what? I'm going to say it's going to be complicated. What if, are you kidding me? If my girlfriend was a mermaid, you would have a problem with it? I think so. You would have a moral issue with me dating a mermaid. I Maybe not dating, but fucking maybe. What, of course, we'd, if we're dating, we'd probably be intimate. I mean, I guess you're both sentient and capable of uh, consenting. She's human with, with, with just with she's her legs. She's not human. Thinking. She's a mermaid. All right. But she's human except for her legs are fused together. That and, and into a fishtail. And she has a cloaca. <laughs> no, she has a vagina. Does she? I've never seen. I've seen a lot of mermaids in my day. I've never seen a single one with a vagina. Wait, you've seen pictures of mermaids naked? I've seen like Little Mermaid. Like they're never wearing bottoms. 
Unless you're saying that you could tell the she has vagina is under the clamshell bra or something. You're telling me that you could tell the Little Mermaid has a cloaca? You could tell she doesn't have a vagina. I would have guessed she had a vagina as opposed to cloaca. Where? I, in there, somewhere. Um, oh, the, the scales are going to part? Yes. Ugh. So what I did to figure out if it if it could fuck was um I googled um get uh Gef or Jeff erotica and all I found was this question on Cora that turned out to be really interesting. It was this girl who was like, I wanna become a porn star, how can I apply? And there was this really thoughtful answer from a porn star. And I okay. that, and I sent it to you to read. Okay. Uh be interesting. Well, here we go. First, really, really think about it, because there's no going back. That's true. You will not be the same whether it's webcam, amateur, or professional, paid by production company or site. You may find you like it and feel empowered, or you may find you were violated because a director slash co-star went beyond your comfort zone. If it's cam work, you may feel cheated out of pay because they charge you a lot, tax your money you earn, which is peanuts already, Disrespected by cheap customers who want free everything and tip you only five cents. Society does not treat sex workers with respect. Your family may accept it, but the majority of society will not. You will eventually feel isolated, will need to lie about what you do for work, and dating is its own separate thing. I am a fetish model, a porn model for adult baby sites. <laughs> I am always respected on shoots. Yeah. I also don't do much in terms of traditional sex but get paid $150 an hour for softcore porn. Right. My family knows and asks not to share a career with their friends, but are otherwise supportive. I'm lucky most of my coworkers are depressed and self-medicate on drugs and alcohol. They do traditional porn and escorting. Your image will be everywhere. Your face and performance will never be deleted off the internet. Your kids will see. Your family. Your neighbors. Future employers. And thanks to Google's BS, do you know a porn star? Anonymity isn't insured even under work names. So the first step is truly think about it. I thought that was a really interesting answer. I think so. And I think it's a shame that pornographers and sex workers are treated with such disrespect in our society. They provide a valuable service and create wonderful art that, you know, probably the vast majority of people enjoy but still feel justified in treating them like garbage exactly. it's, it's a real shame exactly i mean uh, it's always the people who enjoy it the most too and i mean the people who are closeted watching it that attack it i mean these yeah these yeah the ones that you, you me thinks he doth protest too much right that I sort mean, of situation who was it that tweeted the porn they were looking at ted cruz ted cruz yeah he meant he accidentally uh liked a porn tweet <laughs> and uh yeah i think it was i think it was stepmom porn if i'm remembering correctly i was on my way to cancun yeah what a what a joke and honestly Watching pornography is probably the thing that he's done that I've liked the most. Yeah, exactly. Really, that's, that's no the one thing I can relate that. to that he's, he's ever done. Yeah. 
If if all he did was tweet that he liked pornography, I frankly would support him a lot more. Yeah, well, a lot more is a relative thing. Do you want? Some it's man- true. There are no many things that he could do that I wouldn't support him much more. In honor of Ted Cruz's awfulness, do you want some man facts? Yeah, hit me up with a couple man facts. While men currently represent an even fifty percent of the U.S. workforce. They account for 94% of all on-the-job fatalities. Mm. Jesus. That's rough. Wow. You still Stay want all that equality, there, women? <laughs> Stay safe out there. Jeez Louise. Women and their equality. But they don't want you it here. Them. You don't want that equality now, dude. No, I'm just joking. No. Wait, wait, hold on. You don't want that equality now when you... That's my Adam Carolla. Yeah, thanks, Adam. Thanks for stopping. Yeah, I won't even say it anymore. That's my new thing. Whenever we do something sexist, I'll just go into that whiny little bitch voice. Okay. According to the U.S. Department of Justice, men are four times more likely than women to be murdered and Mm. ten times more likely to commit murder. Yep. Both female and male offenders are more likely to target male victims. Yeah, you think it's hard that. being a woman. How about a man? We get murdered more often. Try being a murder victim. You guys right? just look pretty all the time. It's true. Guys should look pretty all the time. Yeah. Yeah. We should just have to do that. Yeah. The first Father's Day celebration, in the, this is kind of sweet, in the U.S. was held on June 19th, 1910 in Spokane, mm. Washington, and was conceived of by Sandra Dodd. After listening to a Mother's Day sermon in 1909, Sandra wished to have a day of recognition for her dad as well. Father's Day became a nationally celebrated holiday in 1972 when it was designated by public law as a day of recognition for fathers, all because of Sandra Dodd. Oh, thanks, Sandra. Just because she loved her daddy. She was like, her mom was getting on it, and she was like, you know what? I love my dad just as much. It should be a day for him. Did your daughter get you anything for last Father's Day? Yeah, of course. What'd you do? You guys do anything? Oh my God. We always, we went and saw a movie and she gets me a bunch of stuff. She got me a cool um, hoodie with a heart on it and she got me a oh. hat with a black lab on it because I have a black lab. Hendrix, of course. Yeah, Hendrix. Everybody loves them. Everyone knows Hendrix. Um, and she got me a little sign that said, when I grow up, um, I want to be like daddy. It's over there. Oh. Yeah. And, uh, and then we went out to dinner. That sounds great. Yeah, we do, we always that, have good father, amazing Father's Days. That's great. It's great that you have such a great relationship with your daughter. I'm very proud of you. It's maybe my favorite thing in the world that I have. And, and by maybe, I mean definitely. <laughs> number two, this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, now, a close number two, this yeah, podcast. Yes, obviously. And that is the end of Man Facts. And I got to tell you something, Shibble. Tell me about it. Uh, Jeff. The talking weasel mongoose demigod from another dimension with poltergeist powers who thinks very highly of himself and stalks teenage women scares the shit out of me. Understandably. And I know that when things scare me, like uh, when I think about death or when I think about how... Um, I, I God, I was almost about to say his name, but when, <laughs> when that project didn't work the other day... I get very I get very sad and I get scared and I can't sleep and I'm just worried that tonight's going to be one of those nights cuz I just don't know Shibble is Jeff real 
is real? Check it, Bavakasa. Hey! Hey! Maybe. Ha! Um, so they did send in the, the paw print and hair to be tested, uh, as I reported. For what? Supernatural ma- investigators. Tested for magic? Uh, tested to see, uh, well, they found out the hair was not a mongoose hair. It was a dog hair. <laughs> but the plaster cast of the footprint was not able to be identified. Oh. So there's still a question mark there. But wait, and wouldn't it have been identified as a mongoose footprint? Nope. Uh, no, but as we recall, Jeff's did sometimes also appear in the form of a cat. Well, then wouldn't so it he, have been identified as a cat footprint? Maybe he can just alter his foot. It wasn't identified as anything. So it has to be some unknown thing. So maybe Jeff's true form. Yeah. Maybe somewhere between mongoose and cat. Cat goose. Yeah. Mongat. Mongat. I like that. And then uh, also a lot of people theorize that it was uh, Vwari doing, uh, like throwing her voice and doing ventriloquism. (laughs) But have you ever met a 12-year-old that could convincingly throw their voice or do ventriloquism? Yeah, the girl from the Enfield Poltergeist. Uh, she was able to, to fool people with that? Didn't, didn't, she was the one who, you should see this girl's voice, the one from The Conjuring 2, the one the story's based on. Mm. She's like, I'm Bill Wilkins, and oh, this is my house. By the way, I'm having my brother record his Bill Wilkins impression from Conjuring 2, and we're going to air it because it's perfect. But, Sounds um, good. She could do that, and I think, I think she did it with water in her mouth, or I, I may, maybe she couldn't do it with water in her mouth, but it was like a voice that didn't come out of a 12-year-old, but it was crazy. Mm. Well, I still think that that is a rare gift. I don't think Vari could have pulled it off. I know when I was 12... I was trying to figure out how to do, like, ventriloquist stuff. I could never get there. What about Mary Worth? Uh, Mary Worth, you mean Bloody Mary? No, the one from um, Dead the Silence. Strips? I don't, I'm not familiar. You haven't seen Dead Silence? She was the ventriloquist? Was she 12? Oh, no, no. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying you win. she doesn't have the, the skill set to fool these paranormal investigators. That's true. All right. I'll give you that. So I think, you, and, you know, if readers or listeners want to find out more about Jeff, there are a lot of books out there about Jeff. Like I found uh, references to at least three of them in my research. One <laughs> of them published as recently as 2015. <laughs> uh, so there, there's more to find out about Jeff. There's a lot more, you know, we hope that we piqued your curiosity with today's episode. And uh, that, uh, you know, people learn more about this fascinating talking mongoose that lived on the Isle of Man in the 30s before he was shot to death by an actor. It's one thing to do an episode of our show about Jeff, but can you imagine in the year 2015, you're like, I want to write a book. What am I going to write my life's work about? And you come up with Jeff. I'm going to take a couple years and I'm just going to look into Jeff. Yeah. Find out everything I can about Jeff. I'm going to go to the farm. I'm going to take pictures. And yeah, I found pictures of the farms. I found pictures of the Irvings. There's a lot of information out there about Jeff if you want to go digging it up. Can you find the Amazon sales statistics for that book right now or no? Uh, give me a second. 
Okay, while you do that, I'm going to sing Montel Jordan. Perfect. Uh, it's Friday, and I'm ready to sing. Pick up the girls and hit the party swing tonight. Oh, it's oh, that's Aaliyah back and forth. All right, uh, Jeff, The Strange Tale of an Extra Special Talking Mongoose by Christopher Joseph. Uh, 418 pages, 4.3 out of 5 on Goodreads. Wow. Uh, available uh, uh, in stock on Amazon for $21.95. Oh. Uh, now in paperback. And uh, da, 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 da. you can also get it used for just nineteen twenty one. Oh, that's a deal. They got to have the sales. Uh, and it is uh, 1,097 in Ghosts and Hauntings. Uh, 1,680 in Unexplained Mysteries. <laughs> 690,359 in Books. So still in the top 1 million books that... Uh, Almost Amazon's in the on. top 500,000. Yeah, uh, it's got 38 global ratings uh, with uh, an average of 4.9 out of 5 stars. Verified purchase from Jay Porter. Wonderful. Very well written account about Jeff and <laughs> all that encompasses. Highly recommend. <laughs> that guy knows about Jeff. He's like, oh, that, that's that, I, I know my Jeff books. That's a really well written Jeff book. Yeah. So. Shibble, can I tell you something? Yeah. I see a red light. Oh my god! It's a red light from Uncle Monster! Hi! Uncle Monster, how are you? I'm good, but I got a sore throat. Yeah, yeah, tell me about it. I have that every week and still I deal with it. So, so, did you enjoy the episode today? I loved it! I love Jeff! I bet you do. Your voice sounds a lot like... You have a, you have a very Jeff tone to you. What can I say? Do you have any uh, picks for movies we should watch before our next episode airs? You should watch Don Bluth's Ricky Ticky Tabby. Because <laughs> it has a mongoose? That's right. The definitive mongoose cartoon. It is the definitive mongoose cartoon. Do you have anyone else you want to bring out? I want to bring out Uncle Monster too, my brother that does my act. Hi, I'm Uncle Monster 2. Hey, Uncle Monster 2, how are they hanging? They're hanging um, licensing style because I license my brother's act and I do it at clubs. It's true. That way you can reach a wider audience. That's do you have right. any movie recommendations? Yeah, I want you to watch um, Demonic Toys mm. because it's about these toys and they're demonic and it's a great horror movie. Also and that's... Uh from Full Moon Pictures, right? That's exactly right, actually. Because I think I've seen Doll Man versus Demonic Toys, but I don't know if I've ever just seen Demonic Toys. Oh, Demonic Toys is a great one. My brother oh, right. and I watch it all out. the time. Well, you should. And also, watch The New Conjuring if you're looking for shots from The Exorcist and scenes from The Shining and the detective drama instead of the horror movie that's promised. It's great. Sounds good. Thank That's you, not Uncle the devil Monster made me did. watch it, is it? Yeah, it is. That It's just awful. Well, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for uh, checking us out on social media. Uncle Monster 6 on uh, Instagram, 
and Patreon on Twitter. We're Uncle Monster Pod, Uncle Monster Pod at gmail.com if you want to contact us. And uh, we and, appreciate uh, all the feedback and love, and it really means a lot to us. So keep it coming, and we'll keep it coming back your way as well. And uh, until next time, <sighs> don't, don't get, get spooked. spooked.